This is episode number 40 with Justin Wynn. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, it is my mission to bring you empowering people and messages to help you learn anything and take control of your life while fulfilling your vision of success. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today, and school is now in session. All right, here we are, episode number 40. Welcome. My guest today is Justin Wynn. Justin is 22 years old. He is the host of a podcast called Young and Dumb. Dumb is an acronym, meaning dedicated, up-and-coming, motivated, and bold. He is also the founder of Get Your Grind Up, which is a media company that creates content to help students succeed, get internships, and find jobs. And we talked about that today. We talked about getting jobs. There's a couple of things that every single college student should be doing if they want a leg up on the competition, if they want their resumes to stand out. Listen, it's a really crowded job market. Intuition prices are going through the roof. We got to get the most bang for our buck. And while I don't want a job, I have a lot of friends that are trying to get those jobs. They are striving to get those jobs right out of college. A good paying job, a well paying job right out of college. And if you're just like everyone else, if you're just cruising along with that, you know, 3.0, 3.2, whatever it is, and you're just getting by like everyone else and you look like everybody else, why why would someone hire you? You got to be asking yourself that question. Like, why would someone hire me? The job market is so crowded. There's so much competition. It's endless. You got to set yourself apart from the crowd. And so we go over two big actions that you can take today to begin setting yourself apart from the crowd. Now, before we got into that stuff, we did have a brief conversation about the state of today's education system. I just think it's so funny when people say, is this going to be on the test? Now, listen, I say it too, but saying, is this on the test? Asking, is this on the test? Is essentially saying, I don't actually care about learning. I'm just here for the piece of paper. And it's a fundamental flaw of the system. So we had a good conversation about that. I absolutely loved, loved, loved talking with Justin, and we connected in a great way. He's a very good soul, and I know you're going to feel that in this conversation. And now, without further ado, here is the one, the only, Justin Wynn. Justin Wynn, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast, my friend. Glad to be on myself, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. I, I feel I feel kindred spirit with you because you're what, 22, right? Yes, 22. And you're a student like myself, and you're very outspoken on the education 
system, <laughs> right? Yeah, the education system is something that we're we're trying to change long term. So got plenty to say about that. Yeah, certainly, man. So I mean, we're gonna get right into that. I mean, what's it what's it gonna take to make this this change? Because I feel like a lot of people a lot of people are talking about it. They know that there's something inherently wrong with the way we do education the education system. I mean, over the past 150 years, the world has changed, but the education system hasn't changed too much. We're churning out, you know, 1930, uh, you know, factory <laughs> workers. And that's just, that's just not what's going on today. Um, and the question that you, that uh, you had brought up before as well in one of your LinkedIn posts, you're really good at LinkedIn, by the way. I Thank love you. this. People, people ask, is that on the test? Is this going to be on the test? And essentially what they're saying with that is I don't actually care about the learning. I'm just here for the piece of paper. What's it going to take, man? Yeah, especially that last question like that you just brought up. It's so interesting. So I'm a finance major and for finance majors, a lot of the students, a lot of the times they're just doing it because they want to get into finance. They want to get money, Wall Street, whatever it may be. So what they're looking at colleges for that piece of paper, looking at how to get that A. And literally every time a teacher finishes a chapter or like a big subject or something, someone has to raise their hand saying, is this going to be on the exam? I mean, I'm guilty of it myself because at the end of the day, that's what we're getting graded on. But what is even crazier is after the teacher says yes or no, and then the student will take it even a step further and say, how are you going to ask this on the exam? So then they give us like a full, full like problem, pretty much outlining how they're going to ask it on the exam, obviously different uh, numbers and stuff. But then it becomes a memorization game. If you can memorize how you did the steps in the, the problem in class, then you can do it on the exam, but you don't necessarily know the theory behind it or why you go from step one to two, but you know how to go from step one to 10. So it's really interesting in terms of how it's going to change I don't know, man. I think it's going to take a long time. Like, and when I say long, I mean like another 10, 15 years before the true education system starts to change. That would be because, great. Yeah, that'd be, I mean, that'd be great. It, it just stinks that it'll take that long because by then, who knows how much technology will change. It's already changed so much in the past 10 years. It's going to keep on growing exponentially, I think. Yeah, you know it's funny, man. What you said about uh, you know the memory, whole memorization thing, on uh, one of my tests two weeks ago, and I do this pretty regularly. I, I it was my marketing exam, and all I did was create these neuro associations between two words in like you know each of the possible questions we would be asked. Like in, in the notes, I would just create, I, I, like I would you know with the I would match a question word and a word in the question with a word in the answer. And so when it came to the test, I didn't read a single question, not a single question did I read. Okay. I just saw the words. I picked out like the two words that I had studied and I would just, I would just circle the answer and I got a, I got a 45 out of 50. So that's a 90 on that exam. And, and I didn't, I didn't, I, I admittedly, this system is also set up to where you can like game it. I, mm -hmm. I will be quite frank. I game the system very hard because I can, because it's set up pretty poorly. 
And I know a lot of people that do the same. I mean, the overwhelming majority to do as well. You know, it's set up where um, it, maybe you have this in your school too. I'd be curious. It's McGraw-Hill education, <laughs> McGraw-Hill scripted notes that the teachers just read from word for word, McGraw-Hill uh, homework, auto-generated homework and quizzes that are automatically graded. And then the test is McGraw-Hill from, from McGraw-Hill's bank of questions that the teacher just auto-generates and we bubble it into a Scantron and they put it into a, you know, a machine that grades it. And the, so the teacher does absolutely nothing. And we're just, it's like we, we, you and I go to the same university. We go to McGraw Hill university or, or it's like Cengage university. It's yeah. either or. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it, it's something that I came to figure out in college. I was like, so what are my professors getting really paid for? Because I, I did an experiment. So from my freshman to sophomore year or my freshman to my first semester, of my junior year, right? I basically got like 3.8 to 4.0 GPA for every semester. And then my, my second semester junior year I was like, Hmm, let's do, let's try an experiment. I'm not going to pay attention to class at all. Cause all of our classes at UCF are basically online. Like in terms of they can, they record the lecture and you can watch it at home. So what I used to do was just watch it at home at two times speed. But what I wanted to do for the semester was like, all right, I'm not going to pay attention in class. Like I'm not going to watch the lectures. I'm just going to do the homework and go from there. And literally just doing the homework, I was still able to get like a 3.4 to a 3.6 GPA for the, um, for the, the semester. So what that tells me is the difference for like listening to the class versus like actually just doing the work is very low. If you want like if you just pay attention to class, it's not going to help you too, too much. But it's about are you willing to do the work outside of the class because that's when you're getting your practice in and that's when you're actually learning stuff than just a teacher that's regurgitating stuff that you can find on the internet anyway. Yeah. And so, Justin, a lot of times, too, what we're learning is just this arbitrary, um, nonsensical, like, uh, um, uh, not nonsensical, but like archaic. Mm -hmm. esoteric uh sort of stuff outdated and it's just so frustrating i mean you learn a little bit in school but 95 to 99 percent of for me personally and i'm wondering if you feel the same 95 to 99 percent of what i learned is outside of school yet i spend so much more time in school learning than out of school learning it's just very um disproportionate you know yeah it's it's like so I, I don't want this to go to be taken the wrong way either so i want to set this up too in the way that like if you're going to school to be a medical major or like a lawyer or something like that please know what you're <laughs> actually doing and like pay attention in school because that's probably worth it for you like i want the person that's working on my body or being a surgeon whoever to actually know what they're doing but in terms of the majority of the majors like we're talking about school in terms of what you're learning in class it's not necessarily irrelevant, but it's very hard to apply it to real life without actually knowing how to apply it. Like the Pythagorean theorem, right? That we learned in fourth grade. It's great if you know how that actually works in real life. Like if you're able to 
to learn calculus and you're able to use calculus to create some type of engineering, a piece of product, and then you're able to sell that in the future, that's great. But if you're learning the Pythagorean theorem and you go into writing content all day, it doesn't, it's not really applicable to what you want to do. So it's really interesting when it comes down to what you learn in school versus what you learn outside of school. My personal thinking is you learn a lot more outside of school, but if you pay attention to the right things in school, you'll learn plenty about yourself too. Mm. So what are some of the classes that you think should be offered in school? In your, in, in your perfect university, what are some of the classes you think would be valuable for today's world? Yeah, so in terms of a perfect university, I don't think it'll ever mm. happen in terms of like a, like a general school, like the way that school is kind of set up now, whether you're looking at your school, FGCU or UCF or anything like that, where they offer hundreds of difference of majors. Well, I think the way that schools should start to move towards is possibly more specified universities. So like a specific medical school or specific business school. And yes, we have the College of Business at UCF, but you're still inclined to take two years of prerequisites that you won't necessarily need. And that's what I mean. Like if you're, if I was to go to school, right, for a business major and I want to go into finance, why am I not taking four years of courses towards finance? Why do I have to take two years of gen eds, which it's great to learn about history, but it's, my, it's probably not applicable to what I want to do in, in real life. Maybe instead of learning about world history, I learn about financial history, or I can learn about the, have a class on like 0809 or to the 2000s, something like that, rather than learn about the ancient Romans or things like, like, obviously that's great information. But for me, if I wanted to learn that, I could learn that on my own. What I want to be, quote unquote, forced to learn in school is stuff more relevant to what field I want to go into in the future. Are you a reader, Justin? I am. I'm trying. Well, I want to be. I'm trying to get into it now. Like, obviously, your room right now, you're full of freaking books all over the place. But I mean, I'm, I feel very accomplished because over the past year, I've probably read like five or six books. And before that, I've literally read none. So it, I'm getting there. I'm getting That's to your that's good. <laughs> you know, it's uh it's like a muscle, man. I'm I think I think two years ago, um, you know, like the twenty sixteen calendar year, I probably read six books. The next year I probably read twelve, and this year I'm up to uh twenty six so far. And uh you'll you'll get there, man, for sure. Yeah, your room is killing um, it, man. You're killing me. <laughs> yeah, this is this is my man corner. <laughs> I love it. Um, but uh yeah, so you touch on this as well, man. You know, some of the most valuable stuff that we can get out of school is the people we meet, the relationships that we form, the experiences that we have. I absolutely loved your post the other day where you were really talking about this. I wanted to talk about this in the air with you, man. Yeah, so uh, it, was, it was Sunday. Yeah, last Sunday, actually. Because of the podcast, of starting the podcast. Um, actually, let me take a step back. So before I went to college, I was a really lazy guy. Didn't really do anything. Was just gifted in going to school and was great at that. So I was just like, okay, let me go to school, get a good job, and exceed there. But when I went to my freshman year to U Tampa, I was surrounded by kids 
that were at a level of wealth that I've never seen before. And I'm talking like if their parents died, they're inheriting tens of millions of dollars, which was crazy. And just being around them kind of showed me that like, hey, I can do that too. Like looking at how they acted, how their parents interacted and things like that, they just seemed like normal people. And I was like, I could do that too, probably. So then I became more business minded. And because I was around those people, which led me to a more motivated mindset, which led me to starting the Get Your Grind Up movement and the Young Dumb podcast, led me to meeting a guy named FIFA Abe. And who FIFA Abe is, is if you're familiar with the video game FIFA, it's a soccer video game. And he's actually contracted by the MLS team, Orlando City, to be their EMLS sports player. So he hit us up, me and Michelle, my girlfriend, and was like, hey guys, um, I'm heading up to Orlando for the soccer game. Would love to see if you guys wanted to come with us. And we were like, of course, why not? And from there, we actually, when we got there, he was like, oh, we're actually going to actually go onto the field with the players for warmups. And that was a feeling that I've never felt before. Like walking out of that tunnel, high-fiving all the little kids, seeing these players warm up, seeing their technique when they're hitting volleys or crosses, whatever it may be. It's immaculate. It's amazing. And like I literally got goosebumps walking on to the field. And that's something that I would never have gotten, most likely, unless I went to college and was like around these types of people. Right on, man. Right on. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's really what I'm what I'm here for is as well right now. That's the main focus: building, building these lifelong friendships and and relationships, and just being open, man. Just being open and receptive to people. Exactly, and it's not even like we ever look to interact with someone to get that freebie or something like that. It just kind of happens. Yeah. Like we went into that relationship. I was like, oh, he plays FIFA professionally that would be a really cool connection with me because I can just hit him up and like play against him and see if I could ever beat him just so I can hold that bragging right over him one day, and, like have him onto the podcast. Cause it was, it's very unique journey that not a lot of people go down because it's so new and being able to share that to these students listening to the show, it would probably help them out if they're ever looking for like going into professional gaming or something. So that's why I went into that relationship. And then from there it blossomed into what it is today. Right. Well, you know, it's important to um, digging a well before you're thirsty, not just like going to people, you know, when you need them. Um, that's why building these relationships over the long term and nurturing them is so important so that maybe when one day when you do have, have, a, have an ask of them, um, like they're there for you because you dug the well before you were thirsty. You, you were, I mean, you were friends with them before you needed them, you know? I think, exactly. I think that's important too. So uh, you say with your podcast, you're helping people to know what they don't. What do you mean by that? So this is geared specifically to students in my head, because especially when you're going into college that freshman year, you have all these expectations of what college is supposed to be. You have all of this pressure from whether it's your parents, your friends, your family, whoever it may be that you need to go to college, you need to get good grades, and you need to get this amazing job, graduate, make six figures, whatever it is. But you, most college kids, at least from when I talk, start talking to them and break down that initial wall, they really don't know what they want to do. Like They might be in business because it was, it was the easiest major, or their parents were in business, or they're going down the medical field because their parents were in medical, 
whatever it is, but they truly don't know what they don't know. But when you know what you don't know, then you're able to act upon it and you're able to either do research upon it so that what you don't know becomes stuff that you do know. And I know that's a little confusing, but if you slow that down and listen to what I just said, it'll probably make a little bit more sense in your head. Say it again, say it again. (laughs) So a lot of people don't know what they don't know. But once you know what you don't know, then you can act upon what you don't know to turn it into something that you do know. Okay, yeah, totally. So tell me me if if I'm hitting the point here. I always realize the more I learn, like the more I venture into these, learning experiences all these with all these books that i read i realize just how little i actually know and i feel so ignorant <laughs> yeah man it's i think that's a big thing i mean especially for our generation they they people label us as being entitled and things like that but i mean we think that we know a lot and that's a good thing, but it also can be a bad thing. And when you start gaining that self-awareness and start learning about what you don't know, then you can start to actually become an expert in whatever it is that you want to become. And then you can start speaking to all of these older generations that might look down upon us like, oh, why does this kid think that he knows so much about the education system? And then you can go back and say, well, because of the internet, I've looked into the past 80 years of the education system and I've learned about it. I've learned the ins and outs. I've learned what works, what doesn't work. I've looked at places like Sweden, Norway, where they're killing us in terms of education and everything like that. So then that's why I'm able to speak upon the subject. And when you're able to explain that to the older generation, then they're like, oh, maybe this kid might actually know what he's talking about. Right. So let's, let's backtrack here. There's, there's a lot of people that, that, that doesn't even, that this stuff doesn't even cross their, their minds. Um, you know, people, just people that I'm not knocking them, but uh, people that drink beer five days a week, uh, especially, you know, people our age and, you know, smoke weed and then whip out the cigarettes and then just, and, and just, you know, relax and chill and party. And, and in that case, and, and they enjoy themselves, but is it, so is ignorance, is their ignorance actually bliss? I wonder that sometimes it's like, wait, I wonder if I ventured into the wrong rabbit hole here mm-hmm. with trying to learn all this stuff. What do you think about that? So for me, it all comes down to what you really want to be later on in life. So for a person like yourself and myself, I mean, I know a little bit about you, like we've spoken a little bit before this, and your aspirations in life are, are way up here, right? You, you like in terms of success and how you want to gauge it, you're like, oh, I want to be, whether it's like a millionaire or I want to be like a top voice, or whatever it may be, like those are your types of goals. Like you want to be known for that. Whereas people who are partying and doing all that stuff, maybe they want to be known as that big time partier. Maybe they want to be known as um, a regular guy who's able to work that nine to five and come home and then just relax with his family. We, I don't know that, but what I can tell you is like just having conversations from with my friends who are in those types of situations, whether they're smoking weed all the time, drinking beer all the time, getting drunk, high, whatever it may be. It all depends on what they want to be. What annoys, what doesn't wait what annoys me the most is when the kids who are out there partying and all that stuff 
come over to me and they're like, Oh, Justin, like, how are you able to do so much stuff? Like, I wish I could be as successful as you. A, I'm not that successful. Like I'm just a student just like you, but B it's because I don't maybe where you spend, let's just call it 20 hours a week on leisure. I'm only spending 10. So that in return gives me a 50% advantage over you in terms of anything that we do. So that's why I always try to explain to all these kids that are out there partying and doing, um, drinking beer, whatever it may be, saying like, hey, if you want to get better grades and just take maybe five hours less of doing all that other stuff and put it towards studying or learning, whatever it may be. So that's what I always tell them. But it always has to match up to what you want to truly be. If you want to be that partier, then you're on the right track. You're probably beating both myself and yourself at whatever our goal is. So, <laughs> Yeah, right on, man. So a lot of people our age too, give them the pit, the pitch on LinkedIn. Why should they be on LinkedIn? Because it's, it shocks me how few people our age don't even know what LinkedIn is. And for, for you and I, and for you more so than I, you're very, you're much better at it than I am. It's an incredible tool for us. Give us the pitch here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so for, for LinkedIn, I think if you're either wanting to become the next big influencer or if you want to become the next businessman or anything in between those two things, you need to get on LinkedIn right now because what is happening on LinkedIn is you can compare it to what happened with Instagram and YouTube maybe six to eight years ago. So all of those YouTubers that you used to watch that had 50,000, 100,000, 200,000 subscribers that now have 1.5 million, 2 million, 5 million subscribers, that is what the change that you can see on LinkedIn right now in terms of follower growth. In terms of if you just want to get a job, I put out a video the other day on our Instagram page, which was like how you can land your dream job. There's a simple formula to it. Let's say just for finance purposes, right? If I want to go work for Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley, any of those big companies in um, New York on Wall Street, what I want to do is every single day when I wake up, connect with 25 to 50 people from those companies that are in finance specifically, whether they're traders, whether they're recruiters, whatever may be, connect with them. And then that's just the first part. What you're going to do is whenever you see an article about Goldman Sachs or the stock market is crashing or the stock market is rising, whatever it may be, put your piece of intelligent knowledge on that so that everyone that you've connected with now sees that. So now you play this, you do this every single day or at least three to five times a week, right? And you play this out three months, four months, five months, six months from now, those people are going to continually see your name pop up on their page. They're going to see that you're an, an insightful young guy or young woman. And they'd be like, who the heck is this 21 year old that has so much knowledge in, fin in finance? What is their name? We need to get in contact with them. Then you get in contact with them. You say, hey, let's, I would love to set up a phone call. And then you wow them again with more financial knowledge. And then they're like, 
oh, why don't we hire them up for an internship? Or maybe they want to hire you for a full-time job. But that's all about building up that rapport. Too many people go on LinkedIn, create a profile, and then they leave it at that. And then they just expect jobs to just pop up in their inbox. That's not going to happen. That's not how LinkedIn works. You got to put in the content. And right now, if you're going to put in the content, it's going to be seen by people. Yeah, you get, uh, you know, some of your videos, like 10,000 views, man. Yeah, so I, I range, it, LinkedIn's algorithm's been really weird lately, but it's been, it's been like anywhere between like 500 to, like you said, 15,000 plus. So usually on the month, I average anywhere between like 30 to 50,000 views per month, which is great for a freaking 22-year-old. So. Yeah, dude, totally. So, you know, connect with these people on LinkedIn, sure. Um, what about <clears throat> uh, posting content? How, there's a very specific way to post content on LinkedIn. Speaking of these algorithms, um, you can't, it, it's not like, obviously, it's not like Twitter. It's not like Facebook. There's a very specific type of content that we should be posting. And you seem, you and people like Mark Metry, who is on the podcast probably four episodes ago now, um, seem to have that figured out. What's, how, to, do you, how important is posting content and how the heck do you do it? Yeah, so posting content I think is key, especially on such a, I could say young platform, but LinkedIn is pretty old, but just young because of how it's going to explode in the future. You need to, I mean, whether it's written content, if you're a writer or if it's a video commentary, if you're someone like myself who's better speaking rather than writing, you, you should be putting out some sort of piece of content on there. Or you could even follow Mark's route before, which was, um, I think maybe six, to, six months ago, he started putting out content, which was literally just little snippets from goldcast.com. And he would get tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of views because those stuff are already going viral. So when you put a viral video on your page, your page will go viral too because people are still going to like it and comment on it and share it, whatever it is. So you can take that, that, um, that route too at the beginning to get you more used to just creating content and like talking to people and engaging with people that way. Um, what, what was the second part of your question? <laughs> it was, uh, how, how do we, I mean, is I mean you kind of hit it why why post it and mm -hmm. and how you just kind of said how okay yeah, yeah why is it so important yeah so like why is it important is because right now if you like or if you comment on on a post everyone that you follow will probably see it or at least a good amount of people can see it and that's why if you're liking and you're commenting on relevant financial information and you're putting your relevant insightful information out there too all these people that you're connected with are going to start seeing like oh this 22 year old is actually he actually knows what he's talking about in finance he's not just some kid with a great gpa who had good internships he's a kid who actually knows what he's doing mm -hmm. so you're in finance and you so you talk uh, you're interviewing for all these jobs right now i see and um i'm curious as to a lot of people, a lot of people like us, um, and I'm speaking, I guess, for me right now, um, I do, I don't want a job. My, it's, I mean, our goals are different. Mm -hmm. uh, my goal is to never work for anybody. And I realized that after working at a restaurant for two years from 16 to 18. And so I decided at that point, you know, I would never get another job again. And so that's why I'm doing all this stuff. 
but you're, so you have, you're creating all this LinkedIn content and you're, you have this awesome podcast, this, this great company, but you're doing it for very different reasons then I am explain your philosophy there. I mean, obviously all this stuff is incredibly helpful in helping you land this job, of course. Yeah. So at the beginning of this semester, I thought I wanted to get a job and that's kind of the path that was being forced, not forced out on me, but it was like pressured onto me growing up. It's like, you need to get a job, you need to work for a big fortune 100 company, yada, 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 yada. But what I've started to realize is like, I don't necessarily want to get a job once I graduate, but the reason I've been taking these interviews is so that I can relay this information back to all my followers. And so like, for example, yesterday I had an interview with a big four accounting firm and people, these are like the most coveted jobs that people would die for because it's such a big name on your resume. Um, the traveling is involved with it. So it's a great job when you're younger decent salary but like your salary projections if you keep following up with the company are ginormous and what I learned from going on to that interview was it was really interesting most of the interviews for entry-level positions now are going to be like behavioral interviews and then maybe a little bit of testing of like your financial knowledge or marketing knowledge whatever industry that you're going into but this one since it was a consulting firm they actually asked me for like my consulting advice on a case study. So they give you this whole situation about a company, show you like what they do, what they do well, what they don't do well, um, the company that they're planning to merge with. And then you have to go and list out, you have to read through all the information in like five to 10 minutes, list out all the strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats of this company. And then say, if you think the merger is good, if you do, then why? And then if it's bad, then why do you think it's bad? So it's definitely a different type of interview than I've ever had before. But now, since I took the interview, I'm able to showcase that to my, uh, my followers and anyone who follows me on LinkedIn and Instagram. Okay, right on, right on. So I'm doing everything for like data points, basically. <laughs> so uh, with podcasting now, you are a believer that people should start a podcast. Why is that? Why should, let's gear it to people our age again. Why should people in college start a podcast? Yeah, so starting a podcast in terms of, if you want to go bare bones of starting a podcast, you could probably do it if you have a laptop for $0. Because as long as you have headphones, you can get away with just putting out stuff like that. But the reason to start a podcast, especially when you're young, is because you're able to leverage that to be able to speak with people that you'll probably never be able to speak to unless you, if you didn't have the podcast. For example, for us, we were able to speak to Swish, who is huge on LinkedIn. He's a 20 Forbes, 20 under 20. He's UN Youth Ambassador. He's a CEO of TrueFan. Like the kid is killing it. And we're able to speak with him. We're able to speak with someone like Mark Metry, um, who hosts his own iTunes Top 100 podcast, yada, yada, yada. Like all these different types of people that we would have never even thought about speaking to because we're looking at different guests to have on to our show. And I probably would have never even had a chance because if I go, if I'm a random kid, right? And I walk up to King Vader, for example. He's got one point something million followers on Instagram. And I'm like, Yo, King Vader, let's have a chat for 45 minutes. He's probably going to be like, no. 
why would I do that? Right? Like why, why would he take that? But if we go and say, yo, King Vader, love what you're doing. We run a podcast called Young and Dumb, which is geared towards the young entrepreneurs and influencers of the world. We'd love to get you on to talk about your story. Then they're like, then you have a chance to even be able to talk to them. And he, he said yes for us and we're able to get his story. But those are just examples of some of the people that you might be able to chat with. And if you look at Mark, for an example, the kid's 21, he's speaking with billionaires. He's speaking with some of the top marketers in, in the world right now. And that's literally just because he said that he has a podcast and he'd love to talk with them over a podcast. Yeah, it's incredible, man. And it's fun. Exactly. It's fun. You get to learn a lot about yourself and other people too. Yeah. I will say though, it's, it's, so the caveat is, is it's only fun if you have that guaranteed audience of one in that, you know, it, if you're not going to enjoy it, then don't do it because for the first two months, nobody's going to listen most likely. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, if you're good, then maybe after that, people will listen. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, I mean, full transparency on us, our podcast is nothing huge right now either. But what I want to say too is like, if you're going to go get, let's say you, you're in college, right? And you have a part-time job that you're doing to pay the bills, whether it's rent or for college, whatever it may be, you probably have an, an extra three to five hours a week at least. And with that three to five hours, you can easily crank out one episode. You don't even need to create the content around it because just you saying, hey, would love to have you onto a podcast to some sort of influencer or someone of relevance that you want to speak to. They're not going to ask you, oh, how many views do you have or how many subscribers do you have? They're they're probably not going to ask you. And if they're asking you that, then they're probably going to talk to you for the wrong reason. So then that's probably a red flag, but most, almost everyone that we've had on never asked us how many views we get, how many listens we get, whatever it is. So just being able to have that on and being able to chat with these people is great, but B having the ability to put it on your resume is crazy too. People, recruiters think that you spend tens of hours on this podcast and you can literally just just chop it up and put it up in within like two hours. But if you go into an interview, they're going to think that you're spending 10, 20, 30 hours a week on this. And they're going to look at you like, wow, this kid is a crazy hard worker. He's, he's making a podcast. He's talking to all these influential people. How is he doing all this in terms of managing school and a part-time job? And it just makes you look like a better candidate for whatever job that you're applying for. Totally, man. It's, I guess it's the perception that, um, you know, with TV, I mean, cause podcasting is like relatively new, um, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's only been here for literally like a minute. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the stigma is like, you know, a, a TV production company with all these production meetings and these, and, and all this, all this behind the scenes work and, and, and a lot of people, um, you know, especially older, the ones that are hiring people are, are still still have when, when they think about producing something of this magnitude, they think of they, they think of all that time that you got to put in. So to your yep. point, absolutely. And I would say um, I, th- I think you're on this as well. Um, if you speaking is zero doing it for zero dollars 
anchor.fm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anchor.fm, utilize Zoom, utilize Google Hangouts. Like all this stuff is free to you. And yeah, basically, if you want to get a step further, like create a website and that's like a hundred something dollars. Yeah, that's about it. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, man, totally. Uh, you know, we're on Zoom right now. All, all I did was I downloaded Zoom on my computer, you know, months ago, so many months ago. And, and I just, it's same thing every Thursday. Every Thursday I record these, man. And just, I send the invite out, I hit record and end the meeting. And it, 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 trans, it does the audio file. And now, now uh, people, I don't think people should be thinking too much about the whole production and editing. Like at the beginning, I, for the first 21 episodes, I, I didn't know how to edit. And I mean, you could tell, but now it's a much higher level production. Um, but, but, you know, if we're talking about a minimum viable product, anchor.fm, Zoom to call these people, or you could just talk into your phone. Doesn't, you don't even yep. have to interview. I didn't even, I, I don't know. Uh, I, no, you started interviewing people right away, right? Yes, we started it. Yeah, we never did the whole talking to a phone thing, but I do know people who have killed it that way. Um, if you've ever learned, if you ever listened to the, I think it's hashtag millennial podcast. Uh, I think it's like the number one millennial podcast out there. It's basically this young woman. I think she's like 22, 23 or something like that. And she just documented her whole college journey from like crying because she didn't know what to do to like applying for jobs to starting this podcast and everything. Like she literally had a recording of her walking across the stage, like on her podcast, like all her thoughts talking through it all. So like you could do that too. Totally, man. So I'm curious now, all this sounds great, but I know that every human being has their own unique struggles. And I'm curious as to what is, you know, what are one or two things that you're struggling with right now, personal, personally, or, or in business, anything? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest struggle for me is, trying to find that balance at least for like a personal standpoint so at the beginning i was like all right let's just go 100 percent in on this i'm going to put all my time towards learning how to grow a podcast learn how to start a podcast yada 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 but what i realized is i'm in college i'm 22 i don't think i'm going to be some billionaire one day and i don't really necessarily see what i want to do happening very quickly. So why don't I take this last semester of my senior year, relax a little bit, put time and effort towards the podcast, but more focused time, not necessarily more time and spend more time with my girlfriend and my family and playing like Xbox with my friends. But if you look at my content, it seems as though I'm putting out more content. And that's what I've, I've had to learn through the struggle is being more focused. So before we were doing one episode a week for the podcast. I wasn't doing any LinkedIn video and our, we would post, I would personally post two times a week on my Instagram page. So now we do two episodes a week. I personally post four times a week on the Instagram page and I'm putting out a LinkedIn video every single day. So in terms of my output, I'm putting out way more because I'm more focused when I'm trying to do something. But in terms of my work-life balance, 
I'm able to spend a little bit more time with my girlfriend, more focused time with her, doing a little bit more stuff with her, playing some Xbox with my, my family from across the US. So I'm more happy that way. Totally, and, man. Yeah. And in terms of like a business struggle, I would say the biggest one that we had was we forget your grind up. Like we're trying to impact education system. And we thought that our in was going to be our hometown high school all the way back in Connecticut. And it was just, it was a completely stupid idea because none of us live in Connecticut anymore, whether it's me, Michelle or Gary. And, but we just thought that was like, Oh, we had a connection there. And we just put our whole like past year into trying to get into that school. But what, what we should have been doing is just going to the school systems around us. So for, for me, for example, is the Orlando area. For Gary, it's the Philly area. And just focusing there because we're in there, we're in person, and we can encompass more rather than trying to spread ourselves too thin and trying to go back to our old high school, which is a completely different problem. Right. Yeah. Mm. Where can we find your podcast, buddy? Yeah, the best. I mean, we're on pretty much every platform, I think, right now. And it's just young and dumb. Dumb is an acronym. So it's Well, explain the acronym for us. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the acronym stands for Dedicated, Up-and-Coming, Motivated, and Bold. So every week we interview someone who kind of embodies that. Jordan's going to be coming on to the podcast in a little bit because, you know, he's dedicated, up-and-coming, motivated, and bold himself. I'm but, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're basically trying to find the dumbest individuals out there right now <laughs> who are killing it in their industry i so. love that bro <laughs> I, yeah i'm trying to basically I'm trying to find the dumbest <laughs> like it's it's so funny talking it. man it's so funny talking to like older people they're like oh you run a podcast what's it called and it's like young and dumb and they're instantly their face just like drops like why would you name it that like they're thinking like i'm gonna be called like something so smart that's gonna blow them out and i'm like no it's called young and dumb but dumb stands for an acronym dedicated up become vulnerable and they're like oh that makes a lot of sense that's cool and then they want to learn more about it right on justin before i ask my final question i want to thank you for being candid with me and open and honest and transparent and you're a funny guy for sure. Um, I can't wait for our, you know, round two next week when we turn the tables and I'm on your show. That's going to be a fun one. And I'm really looking forward to developing this relationship with you because, I mean, you're a smart, you're a smart young guy. And, and I feel, uh, I feel like I said in the beginning, that kindred spirit with you, my man. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. It's always dope uh, being able to have a conversation with you. So like you said, looking forward to next week. We'll see what happens there. Heck yeah. So Justin, what does life beautifully designed look like to you? Life beautifully designed look for me. Hmm. I think I'll take the cop out and I'll say happiness. Like that, that's what it really comes down to is happiness. For me, happiness is just like if I'm content with what I'm doing. Basically throughout my first 18 years of my life, I was never happy with what I was doing unless I was on the soccer field. And I felt like everything that I was doing was because my parents told me to. And I respected that because they, my parents are both Vietnamese refugees. Like the reason they came, the, the way they came over here is insane. Like coming over there, zero food, zero water. My dad 
supposedly got saved by a killer whale or dolphins and were like pushed ashore. So their story, yeah, their story's crazy. So I was never really able to like, hey, like I don't want to listen to you guys. You guys don't know what you're doing because they literally gave me the life that I have today and it's an amazing life. But what I realized when I went into college was like, I'm in control of my own destiny and I need to start doing things that I truly love because if I don't, then when I become 35, 45, 55 and I'm in the medical field, which is what they wanted me to go down and I hated my life, I would probably take it out on them. And to save my family's relationship, basically, I needed to save myself. And that's what I've been doing and trying to do right now. Justin Wynn, thank you so much for your time, brother. Thank you, man. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. And if you enjoyed this one today, make sure you subscribe if you have not already, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And make sure to leave an honest review as well. When you leave a review, we grow we spread this message of growth even further. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, then you can go ahead and get my book, Growth Mindset University, which is available on Amazon. And by getting this book, you're not just supporting me and this channel, but you're also getting a book that's going to lay out the rules and principles for you to creatively and effectively design your life full of joy and fulfillment. Whatever that looks like to you, it's going to be a life filled with purpose. All right. Now, thank you for listening today. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give. Grow to give.